Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, Episode 8. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode eight. In this episode, explore the different forms of intelligences within your body and learn to develop and balance these centers. Learn to break past barriers and attain higher states of consciousness and move past the matrix to experience what Eric calls the planes of light, an ethereal place of pure consciousness, the ribbons of space and time, and the fabric of reality. Then discover different skills including clairaudience and clairvoyance. Enjoy! You were talking about the, uh, the white energy, the white light that's mm-hmm. around stuff and that you use it. Okay, you were saying the white light is for everything or to move things. When, okay, when the world turns white, when it whites out, you, it was like we could use that energy? When the, the world whites, okay. What you're seeing is, is that when you, when, you, like, when you feel this movement on you, because we've got to kind of catch it because we've well, had I some can conversation see the earlier. Movement. So. The movement is light, and yep. it's everywhere, okay? And when it coalesces, are you saying this is what we can use? to manipulate things? It's an energy. It's, 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 a, it's a food. It's an energy. It's a, a source by which is able to be manifested in a way. Your, your mind, if you really think about it, besides it being organic and biochemical and such, your mind organizes electricity. This is how you see a picture in your head. This is how you see images and thoughts. It's how you can hear music in your mind, okay? It's like zeros and ones for computers, but it, it strings it, or it's like spinning one of these little metal things that have the, the things to make music in it. You're creating in your mind this organization. So when you move your mind outside of its contours, when you can believe that you can do that, okay, and you can take this this energy, this frequency, this abundance of everything. We talk about the blue light, the static in, in a room to get you more familiar with it. But in truth, as you move closer to it, it, it's, it like vibrates more. It takes on a hue of white, clarity. It's almost to say it's nothingness, okay, but it's everything, okay? So it's then for you to, in a sense, want to manifest that as if you're creating something on the canvas of this white, that this white is like a baby powder on a table. It's almost so thin you can't see it until you start pushing the sides and it starts to amass into a structure. So you're, you're influencing reality in a sense. You're, you're kind of utilizing it as a, as a fuel. 
Okay. Well, when the world disappears behind this white curtain, what yeah. happens? Because it will disappear, yeah. you know, and it's gone, and there's nothing there. But you, oh, there's how something do you completely there. How do you there. function in that? Well, this is the thing. Remember what I said that you have a body and you go in water, and if you don't know how to swim or you're not thinking about swimming, you're going to sink because you're trying to walk, you're trying to grab the water like it's a tree branch or something. So what's happening is, is when people get to this point where there's just nothing, it's just this, this white, there's a panic that happens because it's beautiful at first and you're like, well, okay, um, right? There, there's, there's this orientation that we want to see with our eyes, hear with our ears, smell with our nose, and, when, when, and that's because we're still in the thick of it. We're in our mind still, okay? So this is where you almost, in a sense, want to surrender to that moment. It's, it's, it's to say that you have to accept. This is when you go into Buddhism and Hinduism, and they say you, you've got to accept death, okay? No one's asking you to literally die, okay? It ain't going to happen anyway. This is where, where people are always afraid at some point, like if I really let myself go, maybe I'll really die, because you're still have that sense of fear that this is really all you are and there's nothing after. So this is what anchors you. So I often say, well, look, there's plenty of people who are on life support and they're not dead, but they've definitely checked out, okay? The, the machine will keep running. It'll be there when you get back. Just trust me on this, okay? When it's ready to go, it'll go, all right? But not, not anytime soon. So the idea is when they say you've got to accept death, it doesn't mean literally that. It means that you've got to truly in your heart let go of what you think you are, okay? You've got to let go of the idea that your flesh, your blood, not, you can't just say that you're letting go. You can't just, just say, I believe I'm letting go. No, it's something in your core. It's, it's so deep, okay? And you have to go through a series of, of almost coddling yourself, in a sense, to confirm, like, your breathing's going to automate. You don't, you don't think about breathing, it just does it. Do you think about making your heart beat every second? Oh, better beat now, it's starting to get a little dark, okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's automating. So once you, you go through this, this is what they're doing. They're doing a self-check when they're going in their mind to go to that place. They're, they're feeling their body, they're becoming aware of the weight of it, they're coming aware of the, the fact that you can feel your buttocks on the chair, stuff that we take for granted. You begin to think about your breathing automating. All of these things you start checking off this list and it allows you to continuously remove yourself. It's like these, these cords that you're unhooking, okay? When you get to that white point, you virtually almost have all of these things detached. But there's still something anchoring you, otherwise you would move into it. And this is, becomes what are called the planes of light at first. The planes of light is you'll all of a sudden, it's, it's white, okay? And you will begin to see what you think is maybe, maybe a hue of yellow moving very gently, very beautifully against the white. It's like, it's like a very faint ribbon of, of faint color. And you might see like a pink or a, 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 a blue or something, like, like pastel, very, very, it's so beautiful, but it's very faint. It's like you almost wonder, is it color or is it not color? So now you get back to your training with what? The tones. If you want to have this color start coming in, or whatever it is to begin to, to move, or you move to it so you can immerse with it, you cannot think about walking up to it. And the first thing you're going to do by nature is to start wrestling in your mind, how do I get it closer? 
and now you've reattached yourself to your organic self, and this is what makes it go further away. It's, it's a bitch, okay, in certain ways, it really is. But if you can think of your tones and you can think of your chest, your chest is the only thing, the only intelligence designed to swim here. It can move, right? it can do a doggy paddle for Christ. It's like, I'll get you there one way or the other. But you've got, to, you've got to, to be familiar enough with it and be thinking about it when you start to see that phenomenon. You, you right away have to be in your chest and you've got to think these are tones. Instead of it being a, a line, I'm seeing it now from a different way. It's like music, you know, fluttering. Like I often think it's like when, when you see in uh, 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 various movies or old movies, they'll, they'll let their silk uh, scarf from the spiritual people move through the air and you'll see it kind of like a ribbon floating and it looks like water almost. It's like, you know, wavering. It's, this is what they're trying to say is the planes of light. It looks like this, this water wavering of darker and lighter hues, very gently though, of these pastel colors, okay? And they're moving uh, against this horizon, if you will, of, of white. And so you want to move into it or you want to experience it. So you've got to, you've got to use your chest center to bring it in, okay? And then it starts to get very detailed, very rich. And you literally can move through these pastel kind of ribbons. And this is very complex to explain. It's very surreal to our thinking in, in, in our organic format, in this room, okay? But even the rippling, okay, is to me like water. You ever see water and it has this diamond shape bouncing back and forth with the light, okay? So in essence, when it's rippling, to me, one, this is also like computer code, okay? Each one of these ripples is a series of number. If you really think about it, it's perfect math. Every time you see these shimmer, there's a perfect summation of each pattern moving across this distance. It's not like each one is uniquely a different whatever. It's almost like it's mimicking itself. It's pure brilliance when you, when you start to see in this way. So, but when you see this, this ribbon, and you can check it out when you get there, the, the, the hues of where it dips and falls are going to be, in our mind, in a sense, like a little bit richer in color versus a little bit lighter because it's like fading into the fog, if you will, into the light, okay? You can move your chest center into one of those spots, okay? And that starts to become almost like a whole nother reality. You can find yourself in a whole nother world, universe. Uh, you can find yourself in, in places that just defies logic, but it's absolutely beautiful. It's like sound is structure. It's like just the reverse. And it, it, it's, you know, you're going to be on acid to either interpret this conversation or you just, at some point, you have to go there. But you don't go there unless you trust yourself to, to go there. It's this fear of not orientating in your body. You've got to let go of the idea of your body really go deep in yourself. And this comes from analyzing and disassembling, going through all your parts, your physical self, and you kind of have this check off, check off, check off, check off, and it's tedious. But these are what these spiritual masters are doing to a great degree. Greetings. What is it when lights pulse in the eyes? When the light's pulsing on the eyes? Yes. What happens is what she's talking about is sometimes when people usually feel this experience is when they begin to meditate and it's the, maybe the first few weeks that you're doing it. After that, it kind of adjusts. It's not so much anymore. There's a, a phasing of what I call um, an adjustment of consciousness. You're, you're familiarizing yourself or you're moving into what I will call your dimensional body, if you will. Your dimensional body does not have 
eyes to take in reflective light. It doesn't have eye cones to absorb that. So essentially, the neurosystem, your, your mind is saying, I'm in a body. And what's happening is it's firing the neurosynapses. You're, you're integrating your dimensional body, per se, with your organic body. And it's creating like a, a pulse. And this is that, that flashing that one will see, okay? And once you adjust to it or you kind of get more comfortable with it or you move through a certain phase, it tends to wean off and you don't really get it as much. Sometimes you can get it a lot depending where you're kind of moving yourself. So again, it's the same thing as I was saying about like trying to orientate your body to water if you were to fall in it. You're, you're in a sense orientating between the two of moving into this other state of consciousness, this other state of awareness but you're, you're kind of very much in the now of being part of your conscious body. It's like you're, you're aware of this hand and this hand at the same time. Instead of me not thinking about it, they're just automating. So when you stop to think about it, you get this, this, this kind of confusion going on. So it's, it's that process of moving in between these two places. I wonder if you could speak at all to um, the difference how you see it between reading something clairvoyantly mm -hmm. And because I hear you talking about, you know, feeling with the heart, feeling right, with the heart. And, right, right. Um, I've had some other type of training. I've been meditating sure, for 10 sure, years. So sure. uh, there are some who say, well, you can do all this with the heart, but it's harder on the body. So, well, you know, you know I, I find that to be a little bit true. clairvoyantly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, you, we've got to define clairvoyant from the heart center, and because they're very similar, but they're different, okay? And then you had mentioned, I thought before, about going in between, okay? So the, the fastest way to separate the in-between from the other two is to simply say that the in-between, a big portion of it, is very, and this is what makes it very unique, it's very visual to your, your actual eyes that we're all seeing each other with right now. So it's, what happens is you start to see what looks like a subtle difference. There's this part of your head that goes, what the hell am I, am I really seeing this, okay? There is a, I almost want to say a hallucinogenic effect because it's surreal. So instead of seeing the phenomena of, of, of the static of an entity, let's say, okay, literally the entire environment starts to have this sheathing of kind of uh, dimensionalness, and if you focus on any one thing, it can start to have this extraction between what I'll call dimension, but you literally see it with your eyes. And at first, it's, it's, it's almost like, am I seeing something, am I not, is it there, is it not? And then as you go deeper, it, it, there's no question, okay? So it has that volume level, and it also has to do the same way that you do the bars. If you can learn to admire the bars and make them really loud, and you learn to do that, it's like, you don't think about it no more, you just have that ability. It's the same thing. You let your mind go in between, and then everything really goes intense. It's almost like you, you allow yourself to listen to it. When one does clairvoyant, okay, clairvoyant falls into the realm of seeing visions, per se, okay? It's when your, your mind is, is seeing a prediction of a future, or you're seeing something remotely. It falls in the family of like astral projection, mind projection. It's, it's visually seeing versus clear audio. You're hearing like I'm talking, but I'm not there. So if you guys hear me talking to you, I'll leave it at that, okay, if I'm not there. So in, in essence, clairvoyant, again, is uniquely different, in my opinion, okay, than to, to be feeling with your chest. But when it comes to hearing the music that we were talking about, that absolutely would fall into the realms of a clairvoyant, okay? So in, in essence, you're compounding two abilities, you're, it's like watching something being played while you're listening to it, 
okay? You're utilizing two senses to take in that, that information, but they're, they're two different medias if you really thought about it, okay? So clairvoyantly, you will be hearing this intense music. It's loud, it's coming from the inside. It's not coming from your ears, but you'll, you wanna believe it is. And your ears, ironically, will react to it. In fact, it gets so loud, your ear will hurt, like somebody shouted into it. But it's really not happening there. It's like a psychosomatic kind of response. So when you are bringing it in though, when you're focusing and listening, you'll feel that it's happening here as, as, as if you, as this becomes your eyes to focus where your hearing wants to go. Do you see what I'm saying? So oftentimes when you are listening in a large room, instead of just closing your eyes and listening from what you're focusing on, what happens is you look with your eyes. Where your eyes go, your hearing goes. If your eyes go over here, your hearing like follows, like trying to cue in. So they're often synchronized. So one could say, if you close your eyes and you try to listen into a conversation, that's developing your, your sense of, of something better because you're not splitting it into two, weakening in a sense. You want to make it richer or more defined. So the clear audio, when you're, you're hearing tunes, is probably a precursor, okay, to clairvoyancy. They're probably one and the same, but sometimes they can separate. It's kind of hard to explain. But I would probably say yes, all right? When you hear the music, without a doubt, you've fully walked into the realm of clairvoyant, okay? You're definitely, uh, or clear audio, I'm sorry, in, in that sense. Clairvoyantly, image-wise, I would say that there's not a level of clairvoyancy going on, okay? It's, it's moving over to clear audio, tracking the sound and bringing it in, okay? And then your chest center is going to be, it doesn't really, it's, it's going to work with the clairvoyance. It's like choosing your eyes to see, but you're using your mind to see. What's moving it around? What is the, the means by which you're choosing or selecting or pushing through time and space or moving through an object? That's coming usually in the chest center, simultaneously working what direction it's going to move into or how you're gonna unlock that phenomenon or that information. Does that make sense? Am I running off on a crazy tangent? It happens sometimes. Well, I, I heard kind of two questions when, when we were talking, but I'll, I'll move to the second one. But I absolutely think that the heart can definitely feel it. There's, there's no question. It's a physical pressure in your chest um, that can be extenuated. It can be more pressure at times from it moving. It gets exhausted. It's like a muscle. It tires. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're feeling it from the heart center, yeah. why not just move up to your sixth chakra and, and see the energy rather than... You know, it's like you can do it right. that way. Right. It's kind of harder on the body. Right. Can't not you. Well, you know, I would say I would say this. Um, when when I got to Chicago on my first day, I was like, oh my god, I'm so sore from walking. Okay. After now walking for four days, my endurance has gotten pretty good. So I've exercised my muscles, and now it's not a thought anymore. It's the same thing with the chest. The chest feels exhausted because you're not utilizing it enough to build that endurance up. And so I find that when I do a lot of work in chesting, I can go for great endurances or push for great amounts to do something. I'm not even feeling it anymore unless I check in. If I haven't worked for months in that chest area, okay, I can feel right away, I'm like, okay, I need to, to take a, a break from it. So it's, it's, I think that literally your muscles in your chest 
are micro-reacting to a certain level because it's so real. It's the same thing with the hearing. It's not happening, but your ears will hurt when that sound moves there. It's, it's like there's that psychosomatic. The psychosomatic in the chest is also doing something similar. So I think that there's a, a robustness that builds over time. If you just move it into the clairvoyant thing, I think they're two different things. I think it's, it's, it's a level of, of segregating or in a sense, and I'm not trying to be negative about this, it's, it's limiting the, the amount of potential or the precision or the extent that you can get clairvoyantly because for sure it's starting in here. Even if you move up there, you've kind of set it and forget it. You've chosen a direction to observe, and that's what you're observing in, but this is the, the steering wheel. This is the, the source by what is going to direct where that's going. Hi, Eric. Hi. So, um, in your opinion, do you think that um, in order to get, because we went to the uh, visual upgrade yesterday. Yep. It was excellent. Thank you. Yeah, we had a, a lot of wins. And yep. one of the things I was curious about is I'm really in the heart, or really in the gut area. Okay. Yeah. In your opinion, do you need to move up into the chest to experience the psychic powers, or can it actually also take place in the gut, or like, what, what's your thoughts? Well, you have to understand that if you are saying that you're kind of in the gut versus the heart, I would say you're correct. Your inner knowing already knows, okay? So, in essence, there's an intelligence in your chest, and there's an intelligence, obviously, for your mind, okay? And there's an intelligence in your, your lower uh, abdomen area. Uh, when I often say that there are three different brains. If you have a soul, it doesn't have arms and, and a leg. It doesn't march around. So it doesn't mean that it's going to have this upper part of it that would be where the head is, and there's a brain in there, okay? It's energy, and it's kind of like cracking an egg, and it's centralizing, okay? Yes. So when we're down in the lower part, I believe that this is a more of a primordial uh, intelligence there. This is from, you know, evolution. It is from a, a grounded sense of a, of a psychic level, okay? And so it's also integrated into survival. Okay, where do we go for hunting and gathering? Uh, what's the best direction to find shelter? Uh, it, it aids in that survival mechanism. So it is very grounded and separated from moving into this other place. So yes, the answer is you definitely want to move more into your chest center. And you definitely want to equalize that into the mind. The problem is, is that I find that with um, a lot of HBI people that are attracted to what I teach, they just want to crank away very heavily on the mind, and usually not so much in the lower half. Usually they'll go for the chest, but it's it, it's not so much in the chest actually, you know. But I find that they're they're more mind oriented. So you want to, if you want to have that sensation, you want to try to meditate a little bit more so on the chest center and um, a little bit less on the lower. I would say focus on your top and then your chest, mainly your chest, and a little on the lower. If you, if you ignore it thinking, well, if I primarily work on this one, this is what makes you kind of out of sync. You, you start to then have a lot more anxiety, whether you realize it or not. You start to, to, to feel overwhelmed. So you need this balance, but you want to increase one because you want to become more proficient or you want to have more experiences or you want to more. So then you want to work with that chest center. But I would say don't stop just on meditation to do it, okay? What I would do is, is begin to practice feels likes. Feels like is probably the, the fastest and most effective way to build your chest center. Yes, and it's designed to hit it hard because I think some people, they're just like nothing there and I, I need to crank that. Other people, it's like it's almost like too much for them. So I'm just like, deal with it. Yes, for it. So 
in, in essence, you know, yes, you definitely want to develop the chest center, and the best way to do that is to constantly feel objects without touching them. Like, think of the texture of it, think of the shape of it as if you're touching it, and you'll find that you're doing it in your chest, and you want to continue with that. But you also want to challenge yourself. I'm often surprised that when people do um, uh, a simulation, is what we call it, that uh, and so let me explain scanning and a simulation, because that's one of those two words that seem like it's the same thing, but it's a little different. Scanning is to, to more or less get a feel of something. Like if I say, okay, you're gonna kind of uh, scan the, the, this cushion, you're kind of feeling the texture of it in a sense. So you kind of feel interest. But if you were to simulate it, you're going to move your mind into each thread. You're gonna think about the cushion uh, uh, foam inside of it. You're gonna like think about Yes, you're going to, you want to move through the phases of becoming that cushion. You want to feel the wood, the fiber of the wood, the texture of it. You want to get into that detail, okay? If you're going to, you can assimilate something more challenging, you simulate the orange juice. You can assimilate the plastic cap, you can simulate the shape in the body, but when you start to move into the liquid, now you're seeing, you're feeling the pores right away. And you're like, that, that's interesting. I, I didn't think I would think that, but there it is, okay? Yeah, you feel, right. So these here are, are more extensive, but the payoff is significantly greater when all of a sudden you start to feel more. It's, it's, it's exercise. Once you build that up, you, your endurance isn't just good for lifting boxes. You can now lift other objects or get yourself into things that you may not have been able to climb up into. It's, it pays off in many ways. Yes, exactly. And so, uh, my, my, I think one of the, the biggest things, and this is why I, I was, you know, for over a decade, we tried to make the, the Guru deck, okay? And I'm not trying to pitch the Guru deck. But the, the problem is, is that I teach so many things that it's very hard to say what one you're, you're practicing. You can kind of forget some of the other stuff. And everything is critically important because if you don't stay well balanced, it's just like any other exercise. Not that I want to preach on exercise, but you, you want to keep your body muscles all orientated. You don't want to just strengthen your legs. You want to balance it out with your arm, your back, your neck, whatever it's going to be. So when practicing, uh, uh, like through the cards, you, you, you go, oh, it's been a long time since I've just did simple energy movements. And when we, we do that, and for those, and I keep thinking there's junior, there's advanced, there's different people from different things. We literally will feel energy in our body. I want, whenever I say something, I don't mean you feel like this, this fuzzy color, okay? I mean you freaking feel it, okay? So when we do this, there's a, a delay of about maybe two seconds, a tenth of a second. As your hand's going up to pull in the interior, you're gonna feel like this, what I call a little static tingle. And it it's almost follows always right up behind as you're moving your hand up. And you'll, your hair will stand up. It'll move on your neck. You can move it around. But this seems trife when you start thinking about scanning and doing these other things. But the truth is, it's what makes you well-rounded spiritually. It's what really makes you robustly dialed in. And if you don't do these things at least once a week or once every other week, these miscellaneous things, you're really losing on that holistic level of your spiritual consciousness. And lastly, I want to say is 
We live in what I call a grid. I talked about this Wi-Fi. You all walking around with your Wi-Fi frequency, just like your cell phone. There's millions of cell phone calls going on in this room right now, zillions of them. And not one of them can be listened to unless it specifically calls the series of program numbers in your specific cell phone that goes specifically to you. Okay? In the meantime, we're in an ocean of sound waves right now, amongst millions of other things, whether you believe it or not. And as a human being, you also have this string of numbers, if you will. It's like a, a code, codex, call it whatever you want. And in the, the mind of the universe, it doesn't necessarily seize you as a human being. It sees you as a body of frequency, energy, okay? And that energy, if you were to look at the core of it, would have this, this series of very specialized numbers that are you. And those numbers are always compounding, becoming more complex because you're listening to music and it moves you. You're seeing art, poetry, you're having a conversation, you have joy, sadness, you suffer, you have joy. This is making your mind more complex and enriching your, your persona, your, your consciousness, and that's your uniqueness. So in essence, Spiritually, we want to be one with the universe. So the less spiritual we are, we become more in the mundane. We've got to work. We've got to do our job. We've got to deal with problems in life. We've got to deal with other people's problems. These are the mundane uh, forms of life. This is like an organism in, on, on anything. It's doing its rudimentary programming of what it's designed to do to function and survive. When I said the other day that you are in a fight for your life, I literally mean that because as spiritual people, when we do not feel spiritual enough, we really feel like we're dying, like there's something just super depressing going on, like your life does not feel right, nothing's going right in your life, there's just shit, 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 and it's, it's like an uphill battle, okay? And what people forget is when things were probably the best in your life or the times that are always the best, I'm, I will almost guarantee if you really think about it, you'll realize that you were probably also very spiritually working with yourself. You were very in tune to nature and you found that you were watching the leaves gently move from time to time or you're walking, feeling the breeze or feeling the sound of your feet kind of ruffling on the ground with that rhythm and pattern that, that intuitively you were harmonizing your life with your spirituality. And like everything would open to you. Okay, everything that was good in your life, opportunities, business, people, meeting the right people. And somehow you got derailed. Somehow something happened that got you sucked into the mundane, a car crash hits you, boom, everything stopped. And your neural body got you know, distracted and shocked or whatever it is, and you fell asleep. Or you fell into a drifting state where you kind of want to be spiritual and you're trying to get that momentum up. But it's hard. It's hard to kind of re-get your, your muscles back up. Nobody wants to go to the gym and build that endurance up. But once you do it and you suffer and you get up there, you're like, oh, yeah, it's real easy. Why did I wait so long? Okay? So you're in a fight for your life because when I say to you the universe sees you, it sees you because that frequency is moving in a certain pattern that illuminates in a way more. Okay, it's not to say you're better, it's to say that it can recognize you as a purpose. If you think about all the protozoan organisms in your life, your body knows the vast majority of what they are, what it needs it to do, how it wants it to move. It, it communicates with it. You are the force to this microorganism of your, your universe, your body. It's vast. We know if you get depressed, the immune system drops. We know if you're positive and happy, the immune system goes up. What the hell's going on? You're, you're conveying this relationship with the billions of organisms that are at your whim. So the force is, is no different, macro, micro. Okay, micro, macro, very tiny to very large. It's the same repetition of galaxy spiraling, 
a hurricane spiraling, the water spiraling in a sink, so on and so forth. There are certain dynamics to the universe that are repetitive and size does not matter in that sense. So when we do not move ourselves to practice spiritually or to try to maintain ourselves, we withdraw from that relationship. And because we are spiritual by design, I keep saying you're white cells, you're not red cells. There's a reason why you're here, okay? So what drives you to this, okay? There's something inside of you that, that gravitates to this, this awareness, purpose. So in essence, if you're not doing the, the movements, if you're not working with your energy from time to time, if you're not trying to keep it alive, your life is gonna become very challenging. It's going to become less alive, less vivid, okay? And you're going to feel like you're fading away because you're losing that frequency, that Wi-Fi signal to communicating with the force, God, the universe, call it whatever you want. So you're fighting at times to keep yourself in good shape spiritually. Hence the reason why I say, do some breathing exercise, shake it up a little bit, do, do different things, you know? Uh, people say, you know, why would I send people that are spiritual to go to a graveyard? Because, well, people whose spirits are there are lonely. Do communicate, they need some time to chat too, you know, try to dial them out, I don't know what. But if you, if you talk to an entity, I always say the, the fastest way to remove your organic doubt, because doubt always seeps into us in the end, you're gonna say, is there really life after death? This is, this is organic part speaking to you, not your spiritual part. But when you experience phenomena, this is the, the scientist inside you. This is the logical, because all HBIers, we're, we're, this, you're drawn to me because I'm kind of scientific, I'm kind of spiritual, I'm this middle of the road, and that's where you're like, I, I like these logical answers Eric gives. I'm always like, challenge it, whatever way you want to shake it. So you need that experience to, to move and inspire your belief system. Your belief system helps you illuminate brighter. And this is where the universe feels you, and it says, okay, let me use you today for something I need you for. Because we all want the universe to want to utilize us for something. We don't like to just sit around spiritually. We're constantly like, come on, what do you want us to do? Bring it on, I'm ready to do anything. But I always say, the universe will, will, will move to you as it sees that it can utilize you. It, it needs to recognize that you have skill sets, that, you, that you've developed yourself to either sense or scan or to heal or to, to guide people and dial your mind to. It needs to, to see that you've stayed attuned with your skills in order to be able to serve it in a, in a way that's, that's going to uh, uh, succeed in what it's asking for you to do. So this is why you want to stay very well-rounded with your energy. This is what it's going to then nurture in your life or create an abundant, per se, or better opportunities in your life because it's able to see you. It's able to sense you. I'm not saying, you know, people don't want to hear me say, well, God doesn't really see everybody or anything. Well, you know, look, I'd also say, you know, a lot, and I hate to bang on, on Catholics or Christians or anything, but, you know, it's always like, you know, oh, God saved us and it was God's will, and then their church blows away in the, the tornado, and I'm like, was oh, that God's will too? Okay, so, you know, I, I don't believe in, in a God that's eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I believe that if one moves their mind spiritually, not out of a recipe book, okay, and, and dials into that, that it can feel you more, it senses you more, it builds, you build a relationship because you are seeking it as much as it's seeking you, and you're nurturing this, this level of its frequency, its dimension, its, its, on its terms, and you're like, I will work to reach you on those terms. I'm not saying you have to come down here and I'm going to talk to you like I'm talking at you. Okay, so I'm on a tangent or what? What time is it? You gotta shut me down. Maybe I had too much coffee already. So am I making sense? 
So if you want things in your life to go right, and I know that sounds mundane, but in an earthly way, it's a reality, okay? Then the one thing that's going to be the most critically important thing to you is being right with your spirituality, and that comes through self-reflection, and that goes back thousands of years, self-reflection, self-realization, that's where it becomes. It, it comes from meditation, it comes from listening to tones, it comes from energy movements. This is why, you know, take the Guru deck, shuffle it up, it's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that in a while, or I haven't done this in a while, and that's what wakes you up again, that's what gets your life in the right direction, it makes you feel strong and powerful, healthy. This episode was recorded at a free Higher Balance event in Chicago. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour, the fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window, seeing the reflection of the glass of myself metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it, so I did, reaching my hand out the window to touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken, knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind, pushing, weaving, feeling it, touching it. The sun, warming, soothing, healing. Somewhere in between, I flew. Higher balance. We think outside of the box. A new kind of spirituality, a new kind of meditation, a revolution in consciousness. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.